into God's word. Father, as, as we open your word, I pray that uh, you would speak loud and clear, that um, we, we would have ears to listen to what it is that, that you have to say to us this morning. And um, we just thank you so much for all the blessings you give us, all the ways we've seen you work in our lives here and all around the world. And God, thank you that you're a big God and that nothing is too small and nothing is too big for you. And we just thank you so much for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll have you, if you do have a Bible, uh, turn with me to Philippians. Philippians 4. And I know we, we just got done talking about fundraising and asking you for your support. And I'm, I'm not apologizing for that. We, it is what we want to do. But if we could for a minute think about the other side of this besides just the, the physical fundraising part, but look at more of a, a spiritual side of this. Because I told you earlier that the churches we've visited so far, they're not you guys. <laughs> Um, and I hope you see that by the end of this this morning, that we, you, you guys, if, if you'll accept it, accept to be, you are sending church. Uh, and we'll look at what that means. Um, I, I, like I said, it's more than just financial support. And you say, okay, does that mean we'll, we'll pray for you too? <laughs> and yes, we, we covet your prayers for, for our marriage, for our future ministry, for, for everything, for the people we'll meet on the field. John 14, 13 through 14, Jesus says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. We need your consistent and, and continued prayer while we're here and while we go on the field. And as I've been praying and meditating over what, what I wanted to share with you this morning, I've, I've seen here in Scripture just this picture of what a partnership in the gospel looks like and, and what, what that can mean um, for, for you and for us. So let's look at it this morning. Philippians 4 starting in verse 10. And when you're there, would you stand in honor of God's word? I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You indeed were concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I'm in to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply your every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. You can be seated. So I want to, this morning, give you just a little bit of background of what's happening here in Philippians. Um, Paul is writing this, um, and Paul, he, he's on a missionary journey. And, and to be honest, I'm not going to stand up here and compare myself to Paul, because he's going through stuff as he's writing this that, that I've never been through. He, he's been persecuted. He's been beaten up because of the gospel. <laughs> he's been run out of town for sharing about Jesus. And I, even as he's writing what we just read, this letter here to the Philippians, I heard a pastor say this this week. He, 
he lifts his arms. Can you hear it? He's in chains. <laughs> He's in jail as he's writing this. He's been put in prison because of preaching the gospel. And he's writing this letter to the Philippians. He's in prison. And as I read this, I realized his situation. I found this out. You know what stuck out to me the most? Is in verse 18, if you look what he says, I've received full payment and I have more than enough. I'm amply supplied. And it's like how? <laughs> if, I, if I was in prison and I'm writing a letter, I'm saying, hey, you guys better send me a better lawyer or send me an attorney or you guys come break me out of here. I'm in, help me, right? But he's saying, I have everything I need. And you're like, how is Paul at such peace right then? And it's for a few reasons. And, and the chief reason above all others is that he knows that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead and that no matter what happens, no matter where he is, he's in Jesus' hands. And God's like, Brandon, do you know that? <laughs> um, but he also says in, in verse 18, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, they're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. So who, Epaphroditus, that's a good name. We should think about naming our kid that, do you think? There you go. <laughs> Not now. Don't get your hopes up. It's going to be a while away. But Epaphroditus, he was a member of the Philippian church there, and, and, and they sent him to bring him support, to bring him gifts. And, and he's he's... We're getting these gifts, and when I read what Paul's saying, I can almost hear the tone he's saying when he's talking to the Philippians. He says, I have more than enough, and, but he's in jail. So, I mean, you think about it, if he's in prison and he's getting gifts, what is he going to do? And, and by the way, these are gifts that were given to him out of poverty. It wasn't like the Philippian church was some wealthy church that was loaded. They're given out of the least that they had. But Paul can't go anywhere. He can't put food on the table. He can't go buy a vehicle or a horse or whatever that would look like. He can't, he can't do anything. So why would he say that these gifts are more than enough? It's because Paul knows that the gifts that he's getting aren't going to just him. They're going to God, and they're going towards the kingdom. And, and through the gifts that he's getting, he, he realizes this is bigger than just you sending Epaphroditus to me. He calls it a fragrant offering He's talking about an offering that it's going to the Lord. And as I say this, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here because what God is saying, he's saying, you have all that you need already. I've already given you all that you need. And if you have your bulletin, you want to take notes this morning, that, that's number one, is that God has already provided. And as I'm thinking, I'm asking, has there ever been a time where God called someone to do something and then he doesn't provide for it? Does he ever fail to provide on what he calls? Um, ben, I don't even know where, there, hey, Ben, <laughs> his, his first day here in office, Kyle and I, we went into his office and we told him, hey, we're, we're leaving to Honduras. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Good first day. But no, he was, <laughs> he's been nothing but supportive and gracious and understanding. But what he said to us sitting there, he was like, you guys have to read this book before you go to the mission field. It's called God's Smuggler. And he lent us this book and it was a signed copy by the actual author. He's like, you guys better bring this back to me exactly how it is. <laughs> so, but it was a big deal. And he gives us this book and it's written by Brother Andrew, who's a missionary in the 1950s and 60s. And he's going throughout Europe into communist countries and he's sneaking in Bibles to these churches or to these people behind the Iron Curtain where it's illegal or where it's just dangerous. And these, these people he's bringing these Bibles into, as he goes through customs and he goes through air, the airport, he's praying, God, please, you made blind eyes see. Now make seeing eyes blind. Help me sneak these Bibles in. <laughs> and, and God, you see story after story of him providing. Um, and these churches that he's going to and giving these Bibles, it just blows my mind because these churches here in these countries, they preach under, in underground churches from memory, just memorizing God's word because they don't even have a single copy of the Bible in their church. 
And we're like, oh, we'll just leave it on the shelf. And we take it for granted. And that just kind of hits you in the heart. But there's all these stories Brother Andrew tells of, of being a missionary from the smallest things that seemed trivial to us, like he was with a group of friends and they were supposed to throw a tea party for, for some important guests. And they had the tea, but they didn't have the cake. You can't have a party without cake, right? Amen. But for them and their, their culture where they're at, it would have been a complete embarrassment for the people to show up and them to not serve them a dessert or to serve them a cake. It would have been shameful. And so they get together. They don't even have a single penny. And they say, I'll read it to you. He said, Lord, we've got ourselves in a spot. From somewhere, we've got to get a cake. Will you help us? And then a short time later in the book, it says, and then the doorbell rang. And, and someone just happened to show up to the door, a neighbor, I can't remember exactly who, someone brings in, it says it's an enormous glistening chocolate cake, and they had exactly what they needed just by praying. But there's stories like that, and, and stories of um, him not having a vehicle to get where he needed to go to deliver these Bibles and do this mission, and God just brings people along to, to provide exactly what he needed. And it's just, this whole book is a testimony to what we just read here, if you want to look at it again, what Paul says in verse 19, my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And Kylie and I are learning this already as we're traveling and we're going, God's providing in ways that's like you can't, you can't predict. And like missionaries that have poured into us already and, and told us that they've been doing this longer than us, that sometimes you go to the biggest city church with all the resources and all the things and they give you next to nothing. And then a small country church, you'll turn around and they'll give you everything they have out of, out of their hearts. And really that's, that's the way our God works is he uses just the things you wouldn't expect to provide because God will always provide. And I'm preaching that to us because we, we know that and we're learning that. But the next thing I want to look at is in verse 14. He says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. And he says, not one church besides you guys supported me. Only that one church. It wasn't the, Thessalon the Thessalonians, the Colossians, the Ephesians, none of the other churches Paul had been going to were supporting him, just this one church. <laughs> and I, I told you guys that Kylie and I, we, we visited several churches. And they, they've been supporting us in different ways. God's been providing. But I, I meant what I said to you this morning, that you are our sending church, if you'll agree to be. And again, I said, it's not just about an amount, a dollar amount that you send us with. Do you hear the tone Paul is saying when he's writing this? Listen for it. When he's talking to this church that's supporting him, he's establishing that he's not just seeking their gifts, because we said he knows where every gift is coming from. He's, he's seeking their love, and he's saying we have this love relationship. And their love is, is, is a sacrifice that they're giving for God's kingdom. And he's speaking back to them in love. That's our next point, that true partnership in the gospel is like family. And I'm going to try to get through this this morning. I'm, I'm being genuine that the same way Paul is talking to this Philippian church that supported him in all these different times, that, that's the picture that we want. Um, and I recognize that in church life... You've seen it here even recently that staff members, they, they come and they go, um, you, you build a search committee, and then you, you pray, and you seek God's wisdom, and you're like, well, let's find this right person. You pray about it, and the committee comes, and then when you have the person, they come and view of a call, just like we did, and they get voted on, and then if you get voted in, then you become a staff member, and then you're a leader in the church, 
and then you serve for a period of time, and you get to know people, and you get to love them, and, and then when you least expect it, they're, they're like, hey, I'm called to go somewhere else, and you're like, oh, man, time to find somebody else, and then that, that's just how it goes, but that can be hard. We've seen that. It's hard to have people come and go. You get to know a person. You get comfortable with them. You build relationships with them. You create memories with them, doing ministry, and then they're gone. But what I want you to hear this morning is that with Kyle and I, this is different. And you're like, what do you mean it's different? You guys are leaving the country. You guys are going farther than any staff member has ever gone before. But it's different because of this. Kylie, in February 2020, like we talked about, she was talked to Dr. Thomas, and he had been talking to Braden Buss, and she interviewed here and got the job. And, you know, it took me a while to get on board, but we felt the Lord speaking through that. And we're like, okay, we're moving to Begs. We're coming to Crossroads. We're going to get married, and this is going to be our church. And we're, it's, it's an exciting time. That was exciting. And then just a couple of weeks later, we got engaged. And, and that was really exciting. Um, and we're, we're here, and, and we're in the process of moving here. And then 2020, something called COVID <laughs> happens. And that wasn't exciting. Um, because we, we didn't get the chance to know you that well right off the bat. Um, everyone was distanced and watching online. And even when you come back, people were wearing masks. And um, it was tough because we're new here. And it was hard. We wanted to get to know you guys. And it took a while. But do you know what God did? He stayed faithful. <laughs> And now I can look and I can say that over the past three years that we've been here, we've made real connections and relationships with you guys that I can look out and I know it's Memorial Day, so some people are missing, but I still, I can look out and I can see people that we, we've shared meals with, that you've brought us into your home, that um, I see people who have served with us in youth ministry and children's ministry. Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, and I see people who you've trusted us to, to take your kids in our ministry, and your kids or your grandkids, and you've let us teach them, and you've, you've trusted us to take care of them. I've seen people who have gone to Falls Creek with us, or, or kids camp, or who have come to, to cook with us, or have come to serve just all the time. Uh, VBS is happening, and it's another thing you guys have just supported us in. I see people who I've joked around and laughed with and had good times with, and I also see people who I've got to pray with when they're going through hard times and um, or just pray with each other. And I see people who I could look at you and say, hey, you're like an extra set of grandparents to me. <laughs> or like my weird uncle, like Brad or Jeremiah or something. <laughs> but, but I'm seeing and I'm just picturing all these people that are here at Crossroads. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I see students that I've gotten to pour into spiritually. I've seen them grow in, in age and also spiritually. I, I see people who, who've given to us beef uh, and put, to put in our freezer or vegetables out of your garden. I've seen people who you've opened up your homes for us to come and to do pipeline or come and do ministry. I just, you guys have come around us. I see people who've, who've cooked and served. I see people who've given up their time every single Wednesday or Sunday morning to, to drive vans for our ministry so people could come in and hear the gospel. I've seen people, you, you let us make mistakes, and I've, I haven't been here that long, and I've already made a ton. 
but you've, you've let us make mistakes and you've, you've served with us and alongside us and for us anyway. So when I, I look out here and I picture Crossroads, what I see is family. But when I think about Crossroads in the future, those things that I said, they're not going to be what I remember most. What I'm always going to remember is that when Kylie, my wife, who was my fiance at the time, she was diagnosed with an ocular melanoma, eye cancer. And I went with her dad, who's here this morning, and we drove to Philadelphia to find one of the best specialists in the country or in the nation to, to do plaque radiation therapy on her eye. And Kylie had already done her biopsy, and she lost about 30 pounds or more and just was weak and wearing an eye patch. And Larry and I got to share a bed to my youth students. If you want to get to know your father-in-law really fast, just share a bed. That works pretty good. But Kylie's in one bed, and we're in the other bed. And... Um, you know what I'll think about and what I'll remember is that the hotel there in Philadelphia was helped pay for by Crossroads Baptist Church. You also you took up a love offering to help go towards their treatment. And that was before you even really knew us. That was in 2020, like I talked about. He supported us before you even knew who we were. And there wasn't a single day that went by after we got back that you didn't ask how our recovery was going or how how she was doing or telling us that you're praying for us. That meant the world to both of us. And so, God willing, like I said, it won't be anytime crazy soon, but when we have kids someday, Lord willing, and, then, and we're in Honduras and we're traveling back every year. And by the way, we'll be back in the U.S. every November, December, and then a month in the spring. We get furlough every year. But if you'll let us, and as the Lord allows, we want to come back and share with you. But Lord willing, if that happens and our kids are like, Mom, Dad, why are we going to Begs? <laughs> why, why are we always come back here? I'll look at them and I'll say, this is our sending church. Do you hear what I'm saying in the way Paul's talking to the Philippians? It's the same thing. Out of all the churches he's been to and he's served at and he's risked his life for, there's one church who stood out to him above the rest. Uh, just look at it again with me in verse 14. And he says, it was kind of you to share my trouble. You Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered with me in partnership in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. And that's our last thing I want to look at because it's interesting that he says that. That's our last point there is that Jesus gets all the glory, but he allows us to take part in the blessing. And Paul says, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. And you're like, wait a minute, Paul's the one who's out there on the missionary journey. He's the one who's been sharing the gospel and being beaten and being, he's throwing, he's literally writing this in prison. Like, Paul should get the credit, right, for doing the work for the Lord. And he says, no, I want this to be credited to your account. It's clear that Paul believes here there's some kind of spiritual blessing or reward or credit, however you want to say it, for the supporting church. He's like, your gifts aren't really going to me. Who are they really going to? It's all King Jesus. 
And I think a lot of times we, we think about missions the wrong way. Um, and I was trying to come up with an illustration to show this. And if you know me, I love golf. I say I love it. It's the game I hate to love and love to hate. It's kind of frustrating, but I'm not great at it. But if you are great at it, you get to a pro tour, the PGA or wherever, and you get a caddy. And the golfer, he's the one who's out there hitting the drives, and he hits the iron shots, he chips and putts, and he's shooting these great rounds. And the caddy is just the one who carries the clubs. He does the boring stuff. He carries his bags, cleans the clubs, has to rake the bunker, falls behind him. And I'm exaggerating. The caddy does do a lot more stuff than that. But all the boring stuff is what I'm talking about. And the golfer gets all the credit for shooting these great rounds, and the caddy's just kind of there. Like, no one claps for the caddy. No one puts the caddy on Sports Center. And that's how people think about missions. We think, okay, I'll be the caddy. I'll send the money, and I'll support these missionaries. These missionaries are up here on this pedestal, and they're the heroes who do the real work and the real ministry. But that's not what Paul thinks. He's saying here, really the better analogy would be <laughs> that the overseas missionary is the golf ball. <laughs> We're a golf ball. There you go. And the, the church is the, and the sending church is the club who's sending the ball, and really the club is in the hands of who? In the hands of Jesus. And Jesus always hits the perfect shot, by the way. But he's, Jesus is using the club and the ball to send the ball wherever he wants it to go. And Kylie's like, okay, stop talking about golf. That's enough now. But, but my point is that the one who gives and the one who prays and the one who gets sent, there's not one that's above the other. And I, I can't wait to get to heaven someday and, and see all the blessings and all the spiritual battles that were won, all the people that were saved from hell through Jesus, but by ladies like our mission group that meets once a month every Tuesday over there. They pray for missionaries every single month by name, by place. If the place is safe enough that they can actually put it in the, in the material, sometimes if it's a dangerous country, you can't even say where they're from, but they're praying for them by name on their birthday. <laughs> That's what missions is. And if you send us, and like I said, it doesn't matter if it's 50 cents or $50 million, I don't care about that. If you truly spiritually send us as our sending church, here's our commitment to you. That every bag of rice and beans, every medicine, every hygiene kit that's delivered, every Bible that's put in the hands of a family that doesn't have a Bible, you'll be a part of that. Every pair of reading glasses that we give out, every miracle that happens in the hospital through healthcare or through the unexplainable, you're going to be a part of that. For every person that repents and is saved, every person that comes into the church and is baptized, you're going to be a part of that. And every, by the way, the Chris, the missionary who's there right now, who we'll be working with, he gave me an update. The team that you sent in March, through the pancake fundraiser and through the Valentine's Day fundraiser and through all the gifts that you gave. You know what happened when we were visiting Guaymaca with our team? Six families right now are visiting and joining the church there in Guaymaca from the houses that we visited. And, but you're, you're clapping, but as in verse 20, as, there, as it says, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. But Paul also says to you be the credit for that because your gifts are the ones making that happen. All the glory goes to him. He's the one doing the work. But what our, our promise is, we want to keep you in the loop of what's happening. Because people have told us, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And we know that's true because we're going to be gone and you're going to bring in a new person or people to replace us. And that's just how it happens.
But our commitment to you is we want to send you updates month by month of what's happening in our ministry, whether that's through our newsletter, whether that's through Facebook, whether that's through sending us video updates that you can play here, and we'll visit as often as you and the Lord allows us to visit. But what we ask from you is don't forget about us. Because, you know, people, new people are going to come to Crossroads. New people are going to move to Beggs. And as they come to our community, they'll, they'll see our picture or whatever on the wall, and they'll ask, they'll say, who are those people? And what I'm asking you is that you don't say, oh, they used to work at our church. They're old children's and youth minister, and they left. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> what I'm asking you is that you'll say, those are our missionaries. We are their sending church. That's our family. And may the glory not be to you, may it not be to us, but may it only be to Jesus. Amen. And today is not the day to commission us. There, there's going to be a day, Lord willing, where Timmy, the new BMDMI president, Timmy Runke will come and some other board members and possibly some other people will come and we'll get to stand up here and we'll invite you to pray for us and actually send us out on that day. And we're excited about that if, if you'll do that. And we'll have a time of prayer and commissioning. But today, we're not there yet. We're still here, and as we're, when we're here, we're here. We got VBS this week. Are y'all excited about that? <laughs> we're pumped up about that. We're going to put everything we have into this summer. VBS, Kids Camp, Falls Creek. You don't have to worry about us having one foot in the door, one foot out of the door. We're 100% here while we're here, and we're going to work, and we're going to pour our hearts into our ministries here right now. But when that day happens, or until that day happens where we are sent, I just ask you to pray. And I'm not even asking, talking about looking at those response cards right now. Put those aside. I'm, what I'm actually talking about is to pray about how God wants you to be a part of missions. And I'm not saying it has to be through us and Kylie and I and BMDMI. If it's somewhere else, glory to God. If it is with us, glory to God. But I'm asking you, if, if it's going on a trip, like Epaphroditus was sent to Paul on a trip, would you send us people on the field? Would you come? If it's your consistent, heartfelt prayer and following our newsletter and praying for us every single week, would you pray about that? If it's sinning with your dollars as the Lord leads, would you, would you pray about that? Maybe someone in here, maybe it's one of my youth or kids or somebody else, could be a senior citizen. <laughs> maybe you feel called to be an overseas missionary. Church, wouldn't we be excited about that if more people out of our church went to the mission field? Would we? <laughs> we would celebrate that. Maybe someone's here saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not part of any mission. You need to repent and be baptized and saved and, and be a part. Get off the sideline and into the game. And God wants to do something in your life. But first, you have to receive his salvation first. If God's calling you to do that this morning, that's the first thing we need to take care of. But just ask yourself, what is, what is God calling you to do? And I'm going to invite Brenda to come play. We're going to have an invitation. I'll be up here, and I want to pray with you, and I want to talk with you. And Ben will be here, too. Brother Ben, but just ask yourself, what, what is God calling me to do right now to be a part of missions? He'll provide for it. Don't worry about that part. That's what we're saying. Just listen to him and obey. Let's pray. Lord, we don't deserve to be a part of what you let us be a part of, God. But you use us as tools in your hand to save people from hell and to change lives for the kingdom of God. I pray that we'd get excited about that mission, whether it's in Honduras or Africa or Europe or Asia or to the ends of the earth, God, or right here in Banks. Help us get excited about being used by you on our mission field to bring people to Jesus and to support missions with their dollars, with our prayer, and with our action.
pray that this morning, if there's anyone who doesn't know you and needs to be a part of that, that they would do that this morning. And we just give you all the glory. You let us be a part and you let us take some credit, but God, help us to give it right back to you. You get all the glory. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.